when you were a young lassie watching this film <laughs> the dog it's yes. just lass <laughs> it's not lassie checking out sweet home alabama did you think to yourself one day i'm gonna move to new york city change my name and become a new person no and oh. i still haven't done that so well, that's good you know if i had not gone home with you prior to you showing me this movie i think i would then fear well what if she's hiding a secret marriage back home we met each other when we were 19 i think a secret 18 year old marriage from back home but luckily, I came home with you first and then watched this movie, so I never even had that you know, inclination. That could be a fear. But trust me, it's a fear. It's a thing that could happen. Is it, though? Like No, probably not. Like, this movie is quite silly. Again, and we met each other so like close to our homes. This is like so different. She left. I Granted, she's not that old in the movie, but it's not like I met you here. Yeah, I agree. The, the entire conceit is, is ridiculous. This is MK300. I'm Corbin. And I'm Mina. And we're tackling our watch list of 300 specially curated movies one at a time and talking about them. Today we're talking about the 2002 romantic comedy Sweet Home Alabama. Melanie Carmichael has it all. Seven years ago, you were this scared little thing from Alabama, and now you're my steel magnolia. She's the hottest designer in the fashion world. She's dating the son of New York's mayor, and she's about to get... Where are we? The proposal of her dreams. Oh, my God. Melanie Carmichael, will you marry me? Oh, my God. Pick one. Oh, my God. But before she can tie the knot... I'm in Alabama. She needs to tie up one loose end. Get your stubborn self down here and give me a divorce. As I live and struggle for breath. Please sign these papers. The only reason I ain't signed is because you've turned into some hoity-toity Yankee... Get them Yankees. People need a passport to come down here. For the first time in seven years, she's come home. Daddy! He's about to surrender! Thank you! To face the past she tried to forget. Nobody finds her soulmate when they're 10 years old. I mean, where's the fun in that, right? She thought she had everything she ever wanted. I think a nice country wedding is just the ticket. One down. Seven million to go. But she's discovering how much she left behind. You all come with me? I can't. The girl I knew used to be fearless. The girl you knew didn't have a life. I guess you better get on with it then. Touchstone Pictures presents... Melanie? Look at you, all fancy. Look at you. You have a baby. In a bar. A story about finding out what you really need. What are you doing here? I came to deliver your fiancé. You and I are in love with the same girl. Oh, my God. Who you really are. What I need to know is if there is a place for me in your future. And where you really belong. I'm really happy in New York. But then I come down here and this fits, too. Reese Witherspoon. Sweet Home Alabama. Directed by Andy Tennant. This early 2000s rom-com is about a young woman who has reinvented herself as a New York socialite and must return home to Alabama 
in order to obtain a divorce from her husband after seven years of separation. It stars Reese Witherspoon as Melanie Carmichael, or should I say Melanie Smooter, the southerner turned New Yorker in a script by C.J. Cox and story from Douglas J. Ebach. Alongside Witherspoon stars Patrick Dempsey as her new fiancé and New York government official Andrew and Josh Lucas as her original stubborn husband Jake all the way back in Sweet Home Alabama. Mina, why was this movie on our list? Why did we watch it? Uh, it's on our list because it's a part of the movies that I have seen and wanted you to watch. Uh, it made that list because I watch it, or at least try to watch it every year. It's I've missed a couple years here, but I think I'll fall back into that pattern um, and wanted you to finally watch something that is in my brain often for some reason. Is this your Roman Empire? <laughs> No, because I refuse to say I have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Closest thing we have. Um, and we watched it because we were at the Alamo Draft House renting movies, and I wanted to rent a rom-com that I knew was on the list. And I gave you this, or I think it was my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. And told you to choose. So it was it was kind of a Sophie's Choice there on which movie you picked, and we landed up with Sweet Home Alabama. We did watch this on DVD, broke out the Blu-ray player. Cool benefit of that is we got to see the alternate ending. Which was so was exciting. <laughs> which is so exciting because I had been watching this on DVD the whole time I've been watching it, obviously, you know, like as But a you're not a thought, bonus feature. But I didn't user. I didn't ever see that before. I didn't know. So either I don't have the DVD that has that. <laughs> Um, and we're just really excited, but like that was an added bonus of both of us getting to watch something new together, even though I had seen the movie before. So obviously, if you're listening to this, most likely you've probably seen the movie Sweet Home Alabama, but for the people that don't know, can you explain what happens in that alternate ending? <laughs> I mean, alternate ending? Yes. Yeah, so the alternate ending is attempting to be like a parallel to the opening scene where they get electrocuted and then um jake carries melanie into the reception at the carmichael estate plantation plantation where it would have initially been if she hadn't run out on her wedding and so that's going as if everyone just stayed there the whole time uh that the now ex-fiance's family paid for, which I think is kind of weird and unrealistic. Um, and Jake's carry carries Melanie in as if she's dead. And then they have right. this joke about it's Melanie like an- Carmichael being dead, but Melanie Smooter's alive. And so then she hops out of his arms alive and it it was it was horrible. And the director does like a little forward intro to the alternate ending. And he's basically just like, Yeah, we showed this to audiences and they felt like wow, you go through this whole movie and then kind of just pull a fast one on us really quickly at the end. And it's kind of a shitty thing because not only are they like making a joke to the characters in the movie, oh, she's dead, but like it leads you to believe that as an audience member. Like for a second, you're like, oh, wow, this girl just got electrocuted and they're doing like the most melodramatic, tragic ending possible. Yeah. And then they fake you out with, oh, it's just a joke. And it's like, it feels cruel. Especially because the actress Test plays audiences. Melanie's mother 
actually really portrays that she thinks oh yeah she's dead and she looks really distraught and then probably her best acting of the the whole movie they sadly they cut cut her big moment out so i think it i mean i would have been cool if they had i think no matter what kept the lightning i think that could have been neat i don't think they had to necessarily cut that aspect of it of the ending they did go with but other than that it's good thing they didn't do anything that happened in that it is it is funny to see because it it feels like one of those very like a writer trying to be different and like a very storybook ending that i'm going to come up with and write and put together and then they get it and they shoot it and like i said you know test audiences and they just say this doesn't work this isn't good and then they've got to come to that decision of like you have to give up your, your art and you have to change the thing that you believed in so much. And it is somewhat tragic, even though it, it very much does not work. <laughs> I think you're thinking a little too much into that part, but sure. Like you said, it's reflective. It's a mirror of, of what happens in the beginning at the, of their relationship. They're trying. I think if they don't do like the weird cop, I'd say just kill her. I would have liked that. Okay. All right. Uh, you've been trying to get me to watch this movie for for a while. I think it's one. I think for probably uh, now all in four our, of our four almost years. four year relationship. Uh, by the time this releases, four year relationship. We've I've mentioned that I hadn't seen it, and you're always like, "Oh, we'll watch that." But I I think I've been avoiding it. Um, and then of as course, you often by do. the by the power of the MK300 list, here we are. I've watched it, and I thought it was okay. You know, again, it's similar to many rom-coms where we watch of the 2000s where it's like same thing played over just you know dressed up in a different way it kind of actually has some similar themes and ideas to uh, the birdcage which i thought was interesting in terms of kind of like that clash of north versus south different political idea ideologies you know small town cities it's a little different obviously the birdcage is miami um, but those people are coming from what, like North Carolina or something. So it's kind of that, uh, you know, different families trying to come together and create something. Now, obviously, in this one, the idea is, no, you should just stick to your hometown and the people that you grew up with. I suppose. In some ways. Obviously, I mean, like, it's, it's a story it about just turns a character that, who grows and, yeah. and finds love. But I think what I is think... your personal? Con- I mean, like you said, you watch this all the time. But do you like do you see yourself? as someone who's moved away from home, like do you see yourself in these characters in, in some ways? I mean, yeah, in some ways. I grew up in a small town and now I live outside New York City mm-hmm. and doing stuff. So like I'm kind of that main character in that sort of sense of it. But I think this shows a little bit different of a small town vibe where when she goes back, I feel like a lot of times it's shown that no one in the small town has grown and everyone is just exactly who they were when they left. And in this case, when she goes home, everyone's different than she expected. She's not expecting to see people where they're at and they're growing. And like, that's part of why she and Jake end up getting back together because he was trying to better himself rather than just being that person he always has been. And I think that's why I like it is because it allows small town people to still enjoy wanting to be around their home, but doesn't leave them stuck in the fact that they have to just never adapt yeah and i mean i definitely think that there's the line in the movie that's like uh the cop where he's like i don't have a childhood memory that doesn't have you two in it i think there's definitely a lot of like relatable feelings just like from the you can go back home and you'll see in every facet and in every workplace like the people that you grew up with like kind of inhabit that community and especially when you leave that community it feels even more jarring or when you drive past something and you have a flashback to a memory that happened there 
unwillingly. Like, sure. There's all kinds of it's things. It's very that represented in this movie. Mm hmm. Something that I think is very similar to a lot of rom coms. It kind of reminded me of Bridesmaids. I just, you know, <laughs> follow me here. Is in the third act, second, third act, you have like the Dark Knight of the Soul moment. And then like the mom has to come and be like, spoiled plums make the sweetest jams and really pull the character out of the moment and give him some, you know, bullcrap metaphor. And I don't remember what the exact Bridesmaid things is, but there's very, there's a very similar moment where it's like, I'm going to give you a shocking metaphor here and pull you out of this. I think and it's just, it's, it's every rom-com. It's yeah, that's play part, the hits. It's part of a wise old parental figure coming in. Yeah. It's part of the, the playbook for rom-coms. Like they all follow the same track and you can kind of guess where things are going to go. But this one's like a little bit different to me. I, I think, cause I love the idea that like Melanie has like run off to Joe, figure herself out and grow. Cause she doesn't think she can do that back mm-hmm. home um and then she like fully like just changes her last name and then everyone in new york city is like yeah this is her last name and no one looks her up and i think that's something that's kind of died now like if they made a today rom-com True. that would make no sense because it'd be so easy to go find that this melanie carmichael has never existed Do a little facebook stalking and it's yeah over. it made it look like it was easy to be somebody different and i think that's where this movie is a little bit has its own has its own like twist to the typical playbooks of what's going to happen in a rom-com because it's more so about her finding herself the whole time and figuring out where she needs to be yeah and i mean it's also like the the male character that she ends up with the the whole idea there is that the reason he hasn't signed the divorce papers but also like they haven't been together for these seven years is that he has this belief that he needs to work and make something for himself and better himself and, and and be a person that she can see as her husband. Um, so obviously he's like building this glass business and everything. Um, so they both kind of have to, to find their own way before they can, you know, get back together in the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie gives her two suitable individuals for her to be with. Like, you don't really think there's anything wrong with Patrick Dempsey's character other than like, his mom's a little too attached to him. He's just a nepo him. baby. Yeah, but like there's nothing a inherently wrong with him where baby. you're like rooting against him because he's actually horrible the whole time. Like you ultimately would be fine if she ended up with either of them because she'd find a way to be happy. Like, she'd be happy regardless because either she's back in New York City and she's running her fashion empire or she's fixed her home life and is back home again. Like her character seems like they'd be, she'd be fine either way. So. Mm-hmm. You're more so just along for the ride without having to actually hate anybody, which I think is fun. You mentioned this idea of like coming home and realizing that like a lot of people have changed, which I do like the way that they do that in this. There is like one character that I think they very clearly like have not, they they don't have him change and they have him remain the same. And that's the the Bobby Ray character, the factory character. Love Bobby Um, Ray. Because he's obviously... He's playing a gay man and he still is like not out to really any of these people in the town, especially like the, you know, the jockey guys. Um, And while this movie in a lot of ways being from 2002 and just like the subject matter it deals with and how far politically divided and geographically divided we've become over the last 20 years i think a lot of things would be different now Mm. i think this storyline would be told differently however i do think the perspective it it uh sheds is interesting and i do like the the kind of the idea of plays where like he sees her and acts one way 
on the street, this interaction, you know, is very um, himself, right? You know, mm-hmm. excited to see her happy, you know, talking. And then we see him again later at the bar and he's acting like a totally different person. He's kind of put on this, you know, uh, different personality, this straight, you know, bro-y, I'm going to be a dick. And then that, that obviously causes Reese Witherspoon's character to lash out and out him, which is terrible and awful thing to do that doesn't really get enough, <laughs> uh, you know, she doesn't get it. She doesn't really make do enough to apologize for that, I would say, in this movie. But I do like the way that's portrayed and kind of like the two lives that they're showing him living. Yeah, I do think they do a good job of like showing that he is only comfortable to show his true self to some people. But I do also like that it's very clear she's always known he is. And it kind of seems like Jake definitely knows that he is gay. Um, And it's just kind of those two oblivious bros from high school that don't really seem to get it out of the main characters. But it's even I mean, Jake knows, you know, people know, but don't say it. Yeah, but it just proceeds to like then not be a problem. They just are like, whatever, you're still Bobby Ray. It's not a big deal. I think that also is giving this southern small town more credit than movies like this typically give them where it, and most that I've seen, this would end up being like, oh, this huge thing. And now Bobby Ray is outed from the community and like he's not a part of the group anymore. And like that, I, I think it's just, again, one of those things where like small towns, people don't grow so like you're not safe to be there if you're a part of like any side of sort of minority or a different group mm-hmm. yeah and i mean it's about these people who are intrinsically members of the community no matter what um that's the benefit of the small town is that like if you are from there you're always going to be you know somewhat connected and supported <laughs> to an extent sure. you're connected i don't know about the supported part but yeah but speaking of bobby ray and how he spends his time at like the carmichael plantation and whatnot i think the carmichael plantation is beautiful i don't know where they actually filmed this but it is like a really pretty house but i think i love the idea of this old man who's clearly like lives there and like is part of that family recreating the most dumb thing that his ancestors did during the civil war which is rocketing anvils straight up (laughs) and it just continues to like ruin the backyard and stuff and everyone around them is just like oh god this again and then just lets him be i thought that was so funny i love it ridiculous house and uh battle strategy that makes you understand uh why things turned out the way they are thankfully Hmm. this movie titled sweet home alabama obviously features some renditions of the sweet home alabama song i'm not a fan i think it's if you're going to title the movie after a song, you got to come it with the A game for the covers. You're just a hater today. I am. I, I believe in the power of music and Jewel and whoever the other person was that covered it. Not good. Sorry. All right. Um, I really liked the cast. I felt like everyone they put in their roles fit pretty well and, and did a good job portraying whatever it was they were trying to portray. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I thought Patrick Dempsey was great as a new york city elected official yeah it it was a little bit of the thing where it's like how many times has patrick dempsey played that same exact you know he's very good at it so it definitely works yeah at the time how many times had he played it though probably a couple and there are many many more to come yeah is this a good date movie well duh 
It's like a classic rom-com. I think it's hard pressed to find a better date movie than just like the go-to rom-com of the early 2000s. That's what they were made for. I had a wonderful date watching it with you. So it was I'll a great. Yes. It was a great way to end 2023. Yeah, fun little uh, last watch of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to the episode. You can follow the rest of our happenings over here at Cody and Corbin have a podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Cat Podcasts. K H A P O D C A S T. Please follow us on Spotify. Give us a rating. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow along for more.